Welcome to episode number 183 of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I'm a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book called Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. And through this podcast, myself and my co-host, Chris Knutson, try to bring you information that can help you succeed in every episode. People had their doubts about this podcast taking off, but since inception, we have close to 2 million downloads and have been cited by Forbes as one of the top 15 most inspiring podcasts for professionals. Here's a short preview of this episode in which I'll be speaking with a young and very successful engineer, Fernando Ceballos. I guess the easiest way to say it is, how can I take my boss's job so he can have a bigger job? Right, that's a good way to put it. So you're, you're focused on taking the next step with your company. Right, and I think I've, I've done a lot, of, a lot of work on my personal development, professional development, when it comes to you know, public speaking or team management or, and that kind of thing. But I think now I want to take a step back and, and really you know, become the technical expert that I need to become from on the aspect of being an engineer and then focusing more on budgets and scheduling so that I can get to that next level in my career as well. And, and ideally to be able to help my boss get to the next level as well. My co-host Chris and I both believe that in order to be the best engineer you can be, you must consistently get better, get better at your craft, your people skills, and as a leader. And that's why we published this free podcast to help you do just that. In this episode, you're going to listen in on a conversation between myself and Fernando. I'll be asking him to share some of the strategies that he's used to find success at such a young age. I'll also be asking him to talk about how being a member of our Engineering Management Institute has helped him in his career. Fernando was born and raised in Brownsville, Texas. The native Texan graduated top 10% in high school and was the first in his family to attend college, which is awesome. He attended Texas A&M University with several scholarships and earned his Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering. Currently working as a project engineer in land development, Fernando has acquired commercial and residential experience. Over the years, and this is what I love about Fernando, he's been involved in community outreach events and is active in several organizations. He is a leader within the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, American Society of Civil Engineers, and is a volunteer with the Hispanic Scholarship Fund. He also, believe it or not, served as a mentor for first-generation college students where he facilitated classroom discussions on various topics ranging from financing a college education to dealing with homesickness. One of the main reasons why Fernando dedicates his time to organizations such as these is to help lower-income students understand that there are resources available to help them achieve their dreams. And I really think that you're going to like Fernando when... You know, you get to know him through the conversation. Before we get going with Fernando, I do have one very important announcement to make. We are running a very special membership drive for our Engineering Management Institute community right now that will last until the end of August, so not much longer. After working with thousands of engineering professionals through my talks, podcasts, courses, and coaching, one thing became very clear to me. Most engineers want to go into management. They want to make more money. 
They want to become effective leaders and eventually reach executive level or even own their own company, but they don't know how. And typically, they don't have time to sit through lengthy workshops or in-person classes, right? You need targeted information and guidance to really help you develop the skills that you need to move forward in your career. And this challenge is really facing so many engineering professionals. And that's exactly why we created the Engineering Management Institute membership to give you the skills and support you need through a focused, fluff-free, on-demand model. And now, until the end of August, if you visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org, you click the big orange button on the top, upcoming webinar. When you see the video right below it, you'll see the professional membership button, and that will take you to our very special offer that will only last until the end of this month. So please check it out now. We'd love to have you as part of our community, just like Fernando is, who you're about to hear. It has helped many engineers, and I want it to be able to help you as well. All right, now let me bring you into our discussion here with a quote that is very applicable to today's topic. The quote is from Lisa Gansky. When what you do and care about is aligned with what the market wants and cares about, you've created a recipe for career success. All right, now I'd like to welcome back to the podcast, Fernando Ceballos. Fernando, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Anthony. All right, so Fernando was on the Engineering Career Coach podcast back on episode 156, talking about community involvement. And I gave you a little bit of a bio on Fernando earlier in the episode, so you have a good idea of what he does. He's down in Texas as a civil engineer. And the one thing about Fernando, I've kept in touch with him just through online, and he's been a member of our Engineering Management Institute community. He's had a lot of success as a young engineer already in his career, which I've, you know, I've seen him in ASCE or one of the younger faces of civil engineering, and it's just seen you around. And I wanted to have Fernando come on and specifically talk to us about this. I mean, anytime you see an engineer at the, at the young age have success, why not look into it a little bit? I mean, that's the whole idea behind this podcast. So I've asked Fernando to come on and take a look at his career with us and try to find some of the attributes or some of the actions that he took that have contributed to his success at a young age. And I know that talking with me, he's come up with five specifically. So Fernando, thanks for doing this. Thanks for coming on. And I want to walk through these different steps. And before we do that, just in general, maybe you can just introduce yourself um, I know I gave more or less your bio earlier on, but just in your own words, what, what is it about your career that you've really enjoyed? I mean, you're still at a young age, but you've had some success. Well, I guess overall, the best part about my career is that I actually enjoy my job. You know, I enjoy being an engineer and I enjoy being passionate about the work that I do. Uh, and the cool thing is that, you know, being a civil engineer, I really get an opportunity to impact some of the communities, not just through design and construction, but I get to also coach and, and influence you know, the, the future generations of the future engineers. All right, Fernando. So let's get, I know you have five specific things that stood out for you when you reflected on your career. Let's dive into those. What's the first one? So the first one is networking and specifically, you know, networking to find mentors and coaches. I think a lot of times, you know, you go to these happy hours and you meet other engineers and you meet other professionals and it's a lot of give and take and getting to know them. But when you really start networking with the intention of finding people who are, you know, five, 10 years from, from where you are currently, it really gives you a greater opportunity to 
gain perspective and see what their career path look like to see what you can do to apply that to your life. And you know, that's been, been a big key to my success is networking and try, again, finding those mentors and those coaches. That's really great because a lot of times people just say networking. Everybody needs to network. Everybody needs to build a network. And a lot of times I think people think of it either as because you might want to get a job someday or because you might want to find a new business for your firm. But it's great to hear you say that specifically networking for professional development, for finding advice, finding people that are more experienced than you that can give you advice. And I think that's very valuable. In fact, one of the books I'm reading right now, which is called Principles, Life and Work by Ray Dalio, which I'm really enjoying. I highly recommend it for any of you out there. He talks about this idea of like triangulating. So like when you have an idea or you're thinking about doing something in your career and your business, it's always good to get like other people's ideas, especially people that have had experience with this. And so I've been trying to do that more often whenever I have ideas. And I think what you just said also goes along the same lines is that when you're building a career, that's essentially like the ultimate project that you're working on. So why not try to bounce any ideas you have or bounce your career path or some you know, different things you're thinking about off of other people that have had more success than you. They're just, you know, they're more experienced than you. And so I think that's kind of exactly what you're capturing there in networking. And I really like that because like I said, just like the advice, become a good communicator, become an effective communicator. I think become a good networker and network a lot. These are like commonplace advice that kind of are used over and over. And so I think the context that you give them in becomes very important. So that's super helpful. All right. What's number two? Doing my job well first, then the extra. I think a lot of times, and this happened to me several times uh, during my career, I guess not in my early career, is I'm very passionate about a lot of different things. And it sometimes it, it gets overwhelming in the sense that you want to be able to share these great you know, resources or all these different um, opportunities to all of your colleagues. But at the end of the day, you know, you're hired to be an engineer first, and then everything else that you want to do extra comes after. And I've met a lot of you know, my peers in different companies and, and some, some of these organizations that I'm part of. And unfortunately, some of them just leave their company because they just don't see the value that they bring to the company. And mainly because they get so caught up on all the extra that they forget why they were hired. So that would be my number two. Yeah, that's a really, really good one. And I like that a lot because basically what it's saying is stick to the fundamentals, get really good at your job, be consistent with it, and then think about ways you can branch out and maybe add more things onto it as opposed to the other way around. And if you want to think of it in terms of an analogy, let's say, I'm just thinking like a football team, right? You want to get the fundamental plays down and become a good team and work together well before you start adding in all these trick plays and trying to do things that are very aggressive. So the same idea applies. Understand your job responsibilities do them very well, and then you can think about asking for more responsibilities or getting more involved in community and adding on other things to your career because that is a challenge. And really what that comes back to at the end of the day is focus. Mm -hmm. And focus is a challenge for people in today's world because there's too many things to focus on, quite frankly. So I think Fernando drives home a good point there. And before you get super, super ambitious, make sure whatever your main priorities are are handled and then branch out. Yep. All right, Fernando, what's number three? Always try to add value to your company or wherever, wherever you're working or, or volunteering. You know, one specific example that I can think of here is, you know, at Paved Austin Engineers, I've been fortunate enough to be in a position to, you know, start new initiatives. 
So particularly in the Dallas office, we started doing more professional development workshops and doing more community outreach. But I kind of started off the Toastmasters group. So for those of you who don't know who Toastmasters is, it's an international organization focused on public speaking. Now, we're not an official chapter, if you will, but we started a very informal group to where we get together once a month and we all come up with topics, whether that be for civil engineering topics or more personal topics, but we give a platform to our younger engineers to work on those presentation skills. You know, me being fortunate enough to be exposed to all of these different programs through the organizations that I'm part of, I now get to bring that back into my company back home and, uh, you know, really trial that with, with my peers and see how they can become successful as well. That's great. And the first thing I would say to that is if you haven't heard of Toastmasters, look into it and join. Every engineer that I've told to join Toastmasters has had a lot of success because they will help you with your speaking skills and to become more confident. But in just in Fernando's case here, adding value is awesome. You should always look to add value for your company, for your clients, for the team you work with. And we talk about this a lot on the podcast. And, you know, Fernando gives a perfect example there of bringing this Toastmasters group to his office or his company. So now these, all these other people can improve their speaking skills, their communication skills, and their confidence because he took a step to do that and took the action to do that. So he's adding massive value to his company and all of his colleagues. That's what you know, adding value is all about. And if you want to get good at this, one of the things I recommend, and I try to do this on a regular basis, is to ask yourself, how can I add more value to whatever? How can I add more value to my company? How can I add more value to my projects? How can I add more value for my clients? And think about that on a regular basis. Make it part of your routine. Maybe you do it once a month or when you get together with your teams and your project meetings. You know, what can we do to add more value to this project, or to add more value for our client? If you start to get into that value-driven mindset, you're going to have a lot of success because people that get value from people, they go back to them because they want to get more from them. So I think that that's awesome, something that can apply across your career and your life throughout. All right, Fernando, what's number four? Finding win-win situations. And by that, I mean is a lot of times people are very selfish in the sense of, you know, we talk about networking, which is about adding value, but it's always about what can I get out of this situation or there's opportunity. But the real value comes in when you start finding ways to help yourself and also help other people. And, you know, another a good example of that is this is the volunteer work that I do. You know, I'm very intentional and strategic in the work that I do and the volunteer roles that I've taken on. Wanting to get more, more understanding of how marketing works. I want to get a better understanding of how strategic planning works. And these are all things that I've been able to learn in my roles in the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, uh, specifically as the regional vice president. And, you know, all of these things are, are opportunities that I've been able to share my career path, share my experiences with upcoming young professionals. And they're able to learn from that. But at the same time, you know, I'm working on all of these different qualities and skills that I'm trying to develop, you know, marketing, strategic planning, public speaking. So again, that's an example of a win-win situation where I get to impact somebody's life and influence them in the right direction, but at the same time, gain valuable skills that I can apply in my career. Yeah, and I love this one because I think a lot of times in terms of like your own professional development, people are always thinking like, you know, how can I get to the next level? How can I get a promotion? I mean, it's very much focused around, you know, individual accolades and, you know, how can I do this? And so I like this idea of win-win situations because oftentimes when you 
can find win-win scenarios where the other party and you win, everything is better. Everything just works better. I don't know in terms of how specifically it might apply in your career, of course, because everybody's different. But even in terms of negotiating, we recently had a professor on who wrote a book on negotiating. And you know, one of the ideas is to think about a win-win situation. Is if you're in a negotiation with someone and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I want to win, and you win that negotiation, it may not be good for you. For example, if I have someone that comes to my house to paint and the company gives me a price of $2,000 and I say, well, you know what? The best I can do is I can pay you $1,500. And they accept that. Yeah, okay, I won in the short term and I got $500 less, but are they going to be as motivated and interested in doing a great job in my house because they, they're getting $500 less than what they think it's worth? And in the long term, is that really going to be good for all parties and not, not necessarily. So always think about win-win situations, which also ties into Fernando's last point, which is you know adding value. When you're in a win-win situation, you can add value for another party and they're either going to add value for you or it's going to add value to the whole, um, to all parties. So you know always look for that win-win. It's something that people don't do enough, can have some very, very positive impacts on your relationships. All right, Fernando, what's your fifth and final one? Knowing who you work with and finding out what drives them. It's very important to know who's around you, who makes up your team, who makes up your supporters, your advocates, you know, who's going to want to become your partner in crime. I think a lot of times we know people who we work with, we know their names, we know maybe their spouses or the advocates or whatnot, but we really don't understand what truly drives them. You know, is it flexibility in their, in their career? Is it the money? At the end of the day, everyone's driven by different things, but really knowing what drives them is going to help you get a better understanding of how to really influence them and incentivize them to get the best out of them. You know, a lot of times with some of these programs that I'm talking about, the initiatives and the volunteering, you know, I, I can think that the person that I'm working with is wanting to do that because of one thing or another. But unless I truly understand what drives them and what motivates them, I'm not going to really get the best out of them. So I think that's one of the most important ones that people typically overlook is that they don't get to really know who the people around them and they end up spending more time with them than they do their families. And I think it's, again, it's important to truly know who you're with most of the day. And Fernando, just as a follow-up to that, how would you recommend people do that? It has to be informal and it also has to be in a, in a professional setting. You know, understanding that, for an example, let's say I go to a happy hour with a colleague or a coworker, having that strict boundary between, hey, we're going to go out you know, shoot some small talk at the bar. When we come back to work, it's back to a professional setting. We're not going to have the same conversations that we did at the bar that we are going to do in, you know, at work. And another example is finding out who plays fantasy football, who likes, you know, doing different fantasy sports. But at the end of the day, you're going to get a better understanding and get more of a connection with that person. And the more and more you talk to them, the more and more you get to understand, you know, what what's driving them. Are they spending more time with their families? Are they spending time, you know, with their kids, baseball games in the weekends? And I guess at the end of the day, you know, it really boils down to being authentic with your conversations with people and going past the superficial layers of how's the weather, how was your weekend? But really getting to know, it's like, hey, what did you do this weekend? Oh, really? You spend time with your kids. Like, is that really important to you? Or did you just have to like do it because you had to, right? And, and questions like that, being thoughtful of them, you will start getting more information as to what what motivates them to want to take their time to do those things. And I would add to that too, knowing who you work with and also, you know, how they operate. This is something that we're doing 
within our company, the Engineering Management Institute, and part of it came out of that, that same principles book is everybody operates differently in terms of their mindset and their approaches and their tendencies and their habits. And you can't expect everybody to be the same. And so the more you can understand about the way someone works, the easier they are to work with. I mean, if you work on a team with four or five people and one of them is very fast paced and one of them is very slow and thoughtful and one of them can crunch numbers and one of them is better at talking with clients and doing presentations, you understand all these things in terms of your professional work. It can help you to work better on projects and be more successful overall. So I think that like there's two layers, like what Fernando's talking about is really getting to know them on a personal level and what drives them. And I think that that's great. And that can really help you connect with people. And I think also, as you continue to move up to management, it's thinking about the strengths of each of them. And what we're doing in our company right now is we're actually giving assessments to people, strength assessments, professional assessments, to understand what their strengths are, and then putting it into some kind of documentation for all of everyone on our team to see so they know what everyone's strengths are. Because if you have visibility into the strengths and the habits and the tendencies of the people you work with, it can help all of the team because it will be used more effectively. All right. So just to recap there, Fernando was to really reflect on his career and give us some five things that he thinks have been really instrumental to his to having success at a young age as, a, as an engineer so far. Number one was networking and really networking for professional development, for finding, seeking mentors and getting career advice. The second one was doing your job well first and then thinking about the extra things, right? Get the foundation down. Number three was always adding value to your company, which is, again, if you ask yourself that question regularly, how can I add more value, good things are going to happen. The fourth one was looking for win-win situations as opposed to just thinking about maybe yourself or your own development. And then lastly, we just talked about, you know, knowing who you work with, getting to know them on a personal level, whether it's through informal settings or other things you can do to try to really connect with them. All right. So Fernando, thanks for sharing that information. The other thing I want to talk about real quickly with Fernando before I let him go is we have a community that we're building called the Engineering Management Institute. We have a professional membership where we get together in a forum online. We do monthly webinars. We send out some videos on management. And Fernando's been a member for a while. And because we're in the middle of a membership drive to the end of August, and we're trying to raise awareness around the community, I just wanted to ask you, Fernando, what is it that you've liked about the community so far that maybe you'd be willing to share with the listeners? The biggest takeaway for me has been, I guess, the emotional component of my career, right? Having this forum of other professionals who are going through similar issues, one specific thing that comes to mind is I've always felt as if I'm playing catch up in every aspect of my career, every aspect of my life. And having this forum and, and this community, you know, it really helps me and reminds me to stay patient. You know, we've had conversations. I've done them with a conversation with you and, and other people there. And we talked about like, what are some of the milestones and metrics that I should be trying to measure in my career? You know, although I feel like I have found success, I still feel like I'm falling behind compared to other engineers. So having that community there to bounce ideas and, and bounce, you know, that some of the feelings that I've been that I've been struggling with, you know, is probably the best thing that the community has to offer, at least in my particular opinion. What Fernando's referring to is, you know, sometimes what we talk about is we call them sometimes KPI or key performance indicators or any kind of measurements. I mean, listen, you could say, like, listen, I'm, I've had a real successful career, or you know, 
I've done okay in my career, but my next question to you would be, well, how do you know, right? Like, what are you measuring? Are you looking at salary increases? Is it the number of projects you're managing? Is it the, the number of, the amount of revenue in projects you're managing? Is it the amount of work maybe you've brought in for your company? You should really have some kind of a scorecard for yourself in your career, not because you want to give yourself a report card, but because the only way to measure progress, the only way to see progress is to measure something. We should know that as engineers. I mean, if you don't have data, it's hard for you to make good decisions. And so that is one of the things we talked about. And I'm glad it's been helpful for Fernando. And really, like Fernando said, that's been what's been helpful for him. But, you know, all of our members utilize different components of the community membership, whether it's our live webinars on specific skill building topics. We have a library of them that you can watch them when you want to if you're struggling with a specific skill, for example or we do these engineering manager minutes videos where we can shoot them out. And one of the things I'm going to do here, if you stick around with me for the Take Action Today segment, is I'm going to give you a couple of strategies that you can use to take content, like for example, this podcast episode, and actually use it, transfer it back to your career, because that can be difficult. And I know in our community, we give the members content, and you have content online, and there's so much content out there that it can be overwhelming. So if you stick with me in a few minutes to wrap up, I'll give you that as well. So, Fernando, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast again. Thank you for being a member of our community. You've been a contributing member. And it's really great to see engineers that are really passionate about what they do, not just the engineering side of it, but the people side of it, which I think is a huge part of engineering. I don't care what discipline in engineering you're in. You have to deal with people if you want to be successful as an engineer. And I guess just in closing, Fernando, maybe you can just briefly just mention what are you thinking about now? You've had success in your career, but like you said, you, you want to be more successful. You feel like there's things you can continue to improve on. What are some things that you're striving towards right now for the, kind of the next steps in your career? I guess the easiest way to say it is how can I take my boss's job so he can have a bigger job? Right. That's a good way to put it. So you're, you're focused on taking the next step with your company. Right. And I think of, I've done a lot of a lot of work on my personal development, professional development, when it comes to you know public speaking or team management or and that kind of thing. But I think now I want to take a step back and, and really you know become the technical expert that I need to become from on the aspect of being an engineer, and then focusing more on budgets and scheduling so that I can get to that next level in my career as well. And and ideally to be able to help my boss get to the next level as well. Fernando Ceballos, thank you so much for coming back on the Engineering Career Coach Podcast and, and sharing some of what you have found to be helpful in your career. Thank you again, Anthony. All right, stick with us now. We'll be back in a minute with our Take Action Today segment to wrap this one up. All right, now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. And if you're listening for the first time, this is the end segment where we try to give you one piece of advice that you can take. I mean, obviously we heard Fernando in this episode talk a lot about, you know, what helped him to be successful. That's great. And I hope that you can listen to what he's saying and try to use some of them. Not everything will apply to you, right? But what I want to talk about here briefly for just a few minutes as we wrap up is what I've seen in general that works for engineers in terms of improving your skills. Because we all know that you get bombarded with information. I mean, listen, this is our 183rd episode of this podcast, right? So 
you can go and listen to 183 podcast episodes. But my point with this segment is, what if you don't listen to 183? What if you go to a webinar or listen to a podcast like this one? What are some things that you can do to really try to improve your skill sets and take something away from it and actually use it? So this is what I can tell you. Whenever you consume content of any kind, try to take one thing, just focus on one thing, extract one thing from that content and try to put it into practice and extract the one thing that you feel will give you the most results in your career, in your life, whatever you're trying to apply it to. That's the best thing you can do. So for example, in our engineering management institute for our members, we do a monthly webinar. It's about 60 minutes and it's very engaging. However, with that webinar, we also give them a tip sheet of maybe 10 action items that we gave them in the webinar. Why? Because I want them to print that PDF out or open that PDF on their computer, pick a couple of those things and try to do them that month. That's the point of that. One of the things we also do for our members is every other week, I record a one minute video called the engineering manager's minute video. And in just one minute, I give one piece of advice that they can try. For example, the last one that we did was asking for feedback. Whenever you're managing a team, you should ask for feedback from your team. I found in talking with many engineers, asking them about their managers that were effective, they said, well, my manager always asked for my feedback. So the reason that we give these one minute videos is because what do I want you to do? Watch the video. And then if it applies to you, if it makes sense, go and do it. So the point is, is if you're going to read a book or you're going to go to a webinar or you're going to listen to a podcast, use it. Don't have to use everything in the entire episode or entire article. Extract something that could be useful to you and put it into action. Because if you're not putting it into action, then I don't want to say completely pointless, but what are you consuming all the content for? All right, so let me just remind you, we are currently running a membership drive for the Engineering Management Institute where you can get a great membership rate locked in for life, probably the lowest that we've ever offered, that we ever will offer. Just go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. And on the top of the website, there's a button that says upcoming webinar. Click the button and you'll see the video. Right below the video, you'll find the registration page for this membership drive that goes until the end of August 2018. Please join us. It's cancel anytime, guaranteed money back. The point of this is you want to have an outlet and a support community for you and your career because there's a lot of decisions you're going to have to make and there's a lot of skills you have to build to be successful and there is no way you can do it alone. So join our community. If you can jump on the monthly webinars, great. If you can't jump on them live, you can watch the recordings. If you're too busy to get involved with the webinars, you can get the engineering manager one-minute videos. If you have a specific question, you can post it on our forum and get feedback. There's so many things you can get out of this forum. I really want you to try to use it and capitalize on it. So with that, I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Just go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and there look for episode 183 of the Engineering Career Coach podcast. And there we will list resources, websites, or any books that we mentioned during this episode. And don't forget to check out our membership drive going on right now at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. The strategies that you heard in this episode 
will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.